Well, I'm Glenn Geek from a warm Ocala, Florida. Shut up. I'm Jamie <laughs> Jennings from a frigid Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 15th, episode 2614, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, Horse World. Oh, it's been a okay. it's been a long morning for Jamie already. She's she's uh, a little frozen. She's a little frozen. My this morning. face hurts. It hurts. <laughs> Here, it is. Does it sound like this outside? More than two hundred million. Sound like that? Windy and it is negative twenty six. I did not <laughs> sign up for this. I am from Arizona and then Atlanta. We did not have things like this. this is not, and I, and the, in the world of like, Glenn, when I moved here. It rained more in the first winter I lived here than ever. And everybody would be like, mm, this never happens. And then like during that spring, we had more tornadoes than ever. This never happens. Do you know what everybody's saying to me about this cold? Never this happens. never happens. <laughs> oh, my God. I've yeah, there's a lot life. of people in Texas saying the same thing right now. <laughs> yeah. So this is like a storm from Siberia, apparently. And it just blew straight across down into Oklahoma and Texas. Dying. Yeah, well, uh, you guys, and, and I have never seen so much news about Texas on the weather except for hurricanes, I mean, or tornadoes, not usually for it being snow in Austin, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's just, just crazy. It's just awful. Everything is breaking and everything is quitting. And Are they doing rolling power outages with you guys too, like they're doing in Texas right now? I don't know what that's. I don't know. Not, well, that not means your here. power just goes out for an hour at a time in different areas, and they keep switching the areas that power goes out to try and save power because there's not enough. Okay, yeah. Do, we don't have, not that I know of, we don't we'll have We'll let that you right. know in the middle of the show if Jay, we lose uh, Jamie. Know, right? <laughs> well, no. That means your infrastructure is better in Oklahoma than it is in Texas. It's a brand new house, though, too. No, like, I meant the infrastructure in Oklahoma. The power grid is better in Oklahoma than Texas. Hard to believe, yeah. but... There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> now, no, it's it's awful. This is this is this is awful. You're not the coldest because I did post uh, and get a temperature roll call on the auditor room this morning, and the winner is in Zimmerman, Minnesota, and Biffle, minus thirty five actual temperature. Yeah, she came down here, and she's the one that adopted a horse from me, and I. I, I can't. I just don't understand why you would live there. Which like, means well, I mean, windshield. It's probably what minus fifty. <laughs> she's so sweet too, and she's tiny and cute. And has a new baby, and she's like, but you know, just this. I'm like, you don't have to do that, man. You can move. I tell everybody all the time, move south, move to Oklahoma. I noticed a couple of people were using using that on you over the weekend on Facebook too. You can move. <laughs> yeah, I know I did, and it's here. This is here. I mean, but this is kind of a freak thing. People in Minnesota like. That's like their their winter. Mary asked her how she does it, and she says, we drink. So <laughs> That's why she's a new baby. <laughs> we do have a show for you today. Beside the weather, uh, we're going to meet the host of the newest Horse Radio Network show. It's a place that is actually warmer than Jamie's right now. And that's the Canada Horse Podcast. It's warmer in Canada than it is in the south of the United States right now. My farrier is currently in Alberta, and she's like, I do not look forward to coming home to the weather. <laughs> it's warmer in Alberta where she is than it is here in Oklahoma. Uh, we're also going to do some question first world problems, which my guests relate around the weather. Plus, uh, we have a study show, and Deanne from Horse Nation stops by. So we have all of that coming up at today's show. But it is time for some Daily Winnies. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. 
Well, happy birthday to two of our terrific auditors, Stephanie Eileen and Abby Fultz. Happy birthday to both of you. Plus, we have a new, a couple of new auditors that signed up in the last week. I'd like you to take a stab at Ella's last name. Um, let's see. Regera. Regera. Well, we're going with that. And if she got it wrong, Reguera. please know we love you. And we, we are known for getting names wrong. And Katie you- Orr. I'll do Katie Orr's. That one's easy. <laughs> but welcome, you guys. And if you want to become an auditor, which is kind of like a membership club insider group, and they have their own Facebook page and have a great time in there. They have about 55 Facebook pages, actually, to be honest. There's a whole bunch of subpages off of that as well, and we have uh, extra content that we do for the auditors, so you can find all of that. Uh, just go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right side of the page, you'll see an auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, you can join the party. like to thank all of the nice kind people who when I first went in for my shoulder surgery I posted on Facebook please everybody let me know what I need to watch on TV you know between Netflix and Disney Plus and all of the you know regular apps and everybody came through with some really great suggestions and I gotta tell you I'm pretty impressed I am not at all a star wars fan glenn like i mean just yeah, i we, just never determined I, that I, over I the years <laughs> i didn't understand it and then when i was older it was like the jar jar binks one and i just was like this is stupid and so i just never got into star wars um i was more of a next generation fan anyway not important so the point is i had a lot of people tell me up to watch the mandalorian and uh i gotta tell you Finished it last night. Did you fall Frick- in love with Baby Yoda? Freaking great. <laughs> that well, when when it first came out, I talked about this Baby Yoda thing, and I was like, oh, so he's in it for like a second. I didn't know the whole series was about saving Baby Yoda every <laughs> single episode. Oh my god! I there's a couple times Chad turned and looked at me, and he was like, oh my god, you just ovulated, didn't you? And I was like, yes, I love it so much. <laughs> Did you get through the disturbing one where he was eating the eggs? Oh my God, I laughed hysterically <laughs> at that one. That one was so funny. Uh, the, the the spider one with the eggs. Oh, it was, that was super creepy, but he was cute in that one. Um, but we finished that one. I finished the Impostors. I got to tell you, it took I me finished... about four episodes of Mandalorian to get into it because of the timing. It was so it was Western slow, which was intentional. You know, they made it like Westerns. Uh, but it was so slow that and he, they took forever driving places. They seemed to fix that in later episodes where we didn't spend, you know, half of the show just driving in his uh in his ship so that got better but it it did take me a while to get through the the slow parts (laughs) oh my gosh i didn't find any of it slow i just found it very predictable like i mean it's a series so it's like he wanted to go somewhere and then he needed information so he's like i'll give you the information people or big animals get in their way (laughs) yeah well it was like i'll help you if you help me kill somebody yeah and then like done you know like so it was kind of very western Yeah, it was very Western. A fun fact, and you probably know this uh, because you probably Google like I do when the show's on. I'm like, oh, my God, I need to know. Because I was like, is he actually in, is the actor doing the voice actually in the costume, the Mandalorian suit for the entire 
thing. And so I Google it and it actually isn't. He has two people. There's two people, especially in season one that are in the suit. And you, you mentioned it was a Western. Do you know that John Wayne's grandson is the Mandalorian? Basically. I didn't know that. No, you did not know that. Look at me dropping some knowledge on play that bumper where we're going to do a fun fact of the day. Okay. Fun (laughs) fact of the day. John Wayne's grandson, Brendan Wayne, is actually in the suit most of the time. I think they said that Pedro is he like the did, stunt guy. He's like the guy in the suit, and he does his own stunts, and he's trained classically trained actor. But he just this is his gig is he's mm. in the suit. Now they did say not the, a lot of FaceTime there. <laughs> no, no. But I had to Google who he was, and I, I just thought that was interesting. And they were like pretty excited that the grandson of John the Wayne Duke. was in their like space western, you know? <laughs> which is <laughs> what it really is. <laughs> and I watched the imposters, and then one of our continuing my daily Winnie, one of our listeners, and I'm I'm so sorry, I cannot remember who it is. So I was watching the Parks and Rec on Netflix, and then Netflix just turned it off, like pulled it. And I had like five episodes of Parks and Rec left. And out of like seven seasons, five episodes <laughs> left. And one of the listeners told me to download the Peacock app. Peacock. It's like four ninety nine a month, and it has everything. If you guys don't have the Peacock, like we're going to get rid of a lot of things because of the Peacock app. It's that good. Yeah, we're about to cut cable at this point. We've had oh, enough we don't of the other services. Cable. Yeah, we still do, but that's uh, about to go. <laughs> no, just to get Disney Plus. You know, we have Netflix, Disney Plus, and the Peacock. And we had HBO. We're going to get rid of that. We've had, we have uh What, what was stopping TV. us is, is mm-hmm. all the shows that are on, this, on uh, Discovery. And now that Discovery Plus is out, now we can get rid of it. See, I think Peacock has Discovery stuff. You'll have to check it out. It's yeah. pretty good. It's like all NBC stuff and like movies and all the things. Very it's pretty good. good. Well, just well, one quick thing here before we get on with the rest of the show. Let's go back and talk a little bit about, I'll give you an update on Land Rover Kentucky three-day event. So this is where we're at currently, changing by the week. Uh, so with all the support, they raised $550,000 in the grassroots effort to keep the five-star going. And that is going to happen. They're going to do a five-star and a four-star. So they're going to do both divisions on April 22nd through the 25th. Still at this point, this is the way it reads. Spectators are not allowed at this time, but the USEF will continue to monitor the effects of pandemic to determine whether a limited number of spectators can be permitted at some point closer to the event with priority given to 2020 rollover ticket holders. So if you had a ticket for 2020, then they would, you would be the first in line to get the tickets here. So those that paid for the 2020 event and chose to roll their money for 2021 will have the option for a full refund, or you can roll your tickets over to 2022. So if you want to roll them over for another year, you can do that. So that's the way they're going to do it, and that's going to be the priority. My guess is that they allow some spectators, let's say 25%, is going to be all 2020 ticket holders (laughs) is the way it's going to work out. Let me point something out. And it has been pointed out before. What the hell? So the Super Bowl can have 27,000 people in a stadium, but we can't have people walking around and uh, at 1,032 acres, which is the Kentucky Horse Park. Are you freaking kidding me? Give me a break. There is no reason that people can't come and you can't wear masks and socially distance and all those things. God, I mean, I'm so 
frustrated by this. Too many people involved in this one, I think. It's a USEF is what it comes back to on this one. And I don't know if they just don't want to make an exception for this when they're not allowing spect they're still not allowing spectators anywhere. So even at even in Wellington, Florida, the most open I mean, they just did the the Daytona five hundred yesterday with thirty thousand fans. So uh, I mean Florida's pretty open here. Uh, but yet Yesterday in Wellington, there are no spectators. So there are no spectators at USCF events still. And I think they don't want to make an exception for this one and they have all the other events bitching. That's my guess. I don't know. I don't know for certain. That's my guess. Well, Jamie, there's been this battle between Lexington, Kentucky and Ocala, Florida about who was the horse capital of the world. Oh, gosh. It's, Is Norco involved, too? No, that's another one. No, but they actually went to court and sued each other what? years ago. About 10, 12 years ago, they sued each other because one was claiming, Ocala was claiming their horse capital, Lexington was claiming their horse capital, and they sued each other. Well, they, what they did is the judge actually said, look, you can both claim it. So the result of the court battle was they both can claim it, and you'll go into both places now, and you'll see signs that say horse capital of the world. Well, I've noticed that before. Yeah, well, that's right. And and they do that. They still do that. They, to this day, they both claim it. So Ocala always puts out their horse industry report because they still are claiming that they're horse capital. They're still fighting over this. So they're, So I got the latest horse industry report. And, and do you want to hear a little bit of stats from Marion County? In, uh, oh, my gosh. It's like the who's wiener's bigger. Yes, exactly. Good Lord. Exactly like that. Marion County now is huge. And Ocala is part of Marion County. And uh, it, it, it is a big county. But then the county that Lafayette County in Lexington is big, too. So here we go. 195,000 acres of horse property in the county. It's the largest horse population of any Hold U.S. On. county. Do you have the same like numbers for Lexington? No, I do not. I don't feel like it's because... fair for you to just do Ocala and not do Lexington. So I live here, so I can do it. Uh, largest horse population of any U.S. county, it says. Uh, 80,000 horses here in the county. There are 37,000 thoroughbreds. And it's a $2.3 billion horse industry impact. $2.3 billion? Yep. And well, Kentucky's equine industry has a $3 billion. No, that's Kentucky. We're that. talking one county in Florida now. We're just talking the county. 18% of Marion County's economy is horses, which is pretty Incredible, actually. And $1.3 billion of that is thoroughbred industry. Now, here's some other numbers for you. We've had two Triple Crown winners that were born here in Marion County. 45 national champions, six Kentucky Derby winners, 20 Breeder Cup winners, and six Horse of the Years. So there, we've had a whole lot of cool stuff come out of our county here in Florida. Well, let me just tell you that I used to live in Lexington, Kentucky, and I do not agree with you that y'all are the, you know, horse capital never of been the world. Here. I have been to Ocala. You have? Yes, I've been to Ocala. My mama lives not very far away. If you drive down 75, you go through Ocala. But we I have the World horses. Equestrian Center now. So I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have the Kentucky Horse Park. 1,200 acres. Kentucky Horse 4, Park. 4,500 acres. Well, your winner, <laughs> the horse park is bigger. Okay. That's all you get, though. Because um, you don't have Rude and Riddle and Haggard and no, we have We have our own versions of those. Center and let's see, Kentucky Derby winners. Uh, you have small numbers. We have six race Kentucky horses. Derby winners that were born in this county. How many does Lexington have? Oh, do we? You would really want to go there? Yeah. Do you really want to yeah. go there? Let's Google that. How many. <laughs> KY Derby winners 
Um, You'll be, be lucky to find an, that they answer quickly. I will find it. I will find it in Kentucky Duper Winners. I'm going to Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. There's been how many, like 140? There are 74 Derby winners from Kentucky. Now, 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 we from from, from Lexington. Lexington. Yes. From Lexington. <laughs> So Here, I just found an article on Visit Lexington. Here's an article about the 61 reasons Lexington is considered the horse capital of the world. Okay, perfect. So um, they contain they do the 1,200 acre Kentucky Horse Park. We got that beat. World Question Center is 4,500. Okay, acres. you win that one. You we win, win that one. one. Uh, the water that passes through the massive limestone shelf that. Oh my God! Beneath our nourishing bluegrass pastures feeds the soil and makes it the nicest grass in the world. Are you well, kidding me? Well, that's true. But <laughs> I see this article. I, I was on this article, too, and I had to leave it because it was so lame. This is pretty what lame. <laughs> they are stretching here. <laughs> so you guys have um, the largest horse population of any U.S. county. That's yes. because Lexington has a couple more counties. 80,000 horses in Ocala. Guess how many horses there are in Lexington? How many? 140,000. Okay. In Kentucky 30, or Lexington? In Lexington. 37,000 thoroughbred horses you guys have. There's 64,000 thoroughbreds in Lexington. How can they claim it's the largest horse population of any U.S. county then? Um, you guys make $1.3 billion. Uh, 2.3 billion, there. yeah. Okay, well, Kentucky makes $9 billion. Yeah, but that's Kentucky. Again, you're, you're not apples to apples. Like, not apples to apples I here. also stop and tell you that I've been making up every one of these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so suck it. Some people are like, she is wrong. She is wrong. That's the right. I know the app. You know the answer. Email them to me on whatever. But anyway, I just had to pee in Glenn's Cheerios a little bit. Go ahead. I'm just bragging here about that. I lived in both places, too. So, I, you know, kind of. Do you know how many horses were born in Lexington this year? Four billion. Okay. Four billion horses were born in Lexington this year, and it's February, Glenn. So I just looked up. Do you know how much those horses are worth? Each one of them is worth $125 million apiece. So do the math. I just looked up at Florida. I was curious. So um, it's $11.7 billion in Florida. 11.7 11.7 billion what? Uh, the economic impact of horses. Oh, well, if you took whole Kentucky, the economic impact of horses in Lexington, Kentucky is $420 trillion. <laughs> you're just, you're going to lose. You can't beat $420 trillion. I mean, let's move on. We're never going to settle it. They already fought it out in court. And obviously they didn't settle it. <laughs> so. It's horses to to get rid of our national debt. Okay? And that's why they're both listed as uh, horse capitals of the world, because nobody can agree. Um, so <laughs> I, something that they, they did a study on, I was wondering about this, they did a study on whether you can catch COVID from tack, from saddles and bridles and stuff. And they did this study in, in England. Uh, it's Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, which... Sounds exotic. Um, and what they did is they tested 10 types of sporting equipment, ranging from a polyurethane saddle, basically a Wintech, to footballs, rugby saddles, tennis balls, blah, blah, blah. So they did all kinds of sports equipment. And what they found that overall that getting COVID from gear was low, but they actually wow. put they actually put uh, two strains of COVID, a, a very low 
dose of COVID on, on, and then they tested it in, in one minute, five minutes, 15 minutes, and an hour later. And then they did it with a high strain of COVID. And what they found was that the polyurethane saddle actually held on to the COVID longer than anything else. Uh, so, but after an hour to uh, an hour to two hours, they said they could they didn't find enough on it to even worry about. So, if you let the saddle sit for an hour to two hours, and this is a Wintech type saddle, then you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to catch COVID from it. A lot of the other things, including leather, anything that was leather was very low. Like in in fifteen minutes, it would be gone. So, leather actually did better than synthetics. And uh, they're not quite sure why that is. But uh, so like a baseball glove was because they're made of leather was one of the lowest Uh, and low dose concentrations of that were gone in five to 15 minutes. So what they found was that most sporting equipment, it would go away very quickly. So there you go. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Did you know that Lexington being the horse capital of the world is in part because more money changes hands over the sale of horses in Lexington than any place in the world? Illegally. On the (laughs) yearly amount of money that is exchanged between hands of horses has to do with $11 trillion. (laughs) Horses are sold for $11 trillion dollars glenn and did you know that thoroughbred park you know where the statue of the horses come galloping around do you know how much each one of those statues is worth uh 11 trillion billion dollars four billion dollars a piece okay i just looked up what is the horse capital of the world to see which one uh which one okay uh, let's see what your your google picked lexington is the horse capital of the world yay google wins Yep. So that's Google what Lexington picked, or that's what Google picked. Do you know how many Briar horses created are horses that are from Lexington, Kentucky? Nine thousand and twenty-eight. So here, there's an article that says what makes Ocala the horse capital of the world, and uh, here they're just saying they're saying oh, we still have the largest horse population. They're still claiming that. Do you know how many horse farms there are in the bluegrass region? <laughs> uh, how many? Nine hundred and twenty-eight thousand four hundred seventy-two. <laughs> so here um, they're saying, that. "Yeah, that seems a little <laughs> seems a little high." Did you know? I've tried to look up the court case to see when that was. For every one person in Kentucky, there's seven hundred ninety-eight horses. So <laughs> suck on that. <laughs> Why are you so you know much in favor streets? of Lexington here, by the way? Do you know how many streets in Lexington, Kentucky are named after horses? Okay, guess how many streets there are in Lexington, Kentucky? There are three million streets in Lexington, Kentucky, and two point nine eight million of those are named after horses. <laughs> horses. All right, so here I found an article, Kentucky and Florida in the horse capital battle. And this was back in two thousand two. <laughs> So that's how long this has been going on. This is back in 2002. So they said uh, numbers have nothing to do with it. Texas and California lead the way by far in the terms of number or uh, terms of number of horses and breeds by state. But Kentucky and Florida, in sort of a friendly rivalry, have often gone back and forth to which is the horse capital. So apparently, neither one are. Do you know that the Kentucky horse industry is responsible for nearly 800 million jobs? 
Do you know that there are 40 signs in Lexington that have the slogan, Horse Capital of the World? So they win just by the number of signs. Only 40? I think it's more like 400,000. <laughs> it does seem like they're everywhere, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> when you're driving there, you get these signs. For those listening, Glenn has not picked up on any of this. No, no, I'm just letting it go. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, according to the American Horse Council, Texas and California clearly lead away by the total number of horses with 678 and 642,000, respectively. Florida is third. At Oklahoma, Illinois, Ohio, and Colorado, Kentucky is eighth. So, Oklahoma has more horses than Kentucky. Well, at your me, farm what, alone, what they have more horses than Kentucky. What the economic impact of horses is in Oklahoma. <laughs> It's got to be four hundred trillion 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 dollars. That that's in that article too. Uh, it's a billion trillion. <laughs> yep. By the way, Chad. On that said, note, eleven trillion dollars. That's not possible. On like that me. note, because I haven't forgotten. Oh. And now it's time for today's equestrian. Who knew? Fact of the day. And mine, this fact of the day, is Mustang-related just for you. Lexington, Kentucky Mustangs? No. There are six types of Mustang horses found in America, and you have to tell me which type yours is. The Pryor Mountain Mustang. The Is it Kiger? Kiger? Kiger Mustang. The Serbat Mustang. The Spanish Mustang. The Chincoteague Pony. And the Colonial Spanish Mustang. Each one has unique characteristics that set them apart. Which one is Zeus? Okay, so I did all of the DNA testing, and mm-hmm. he was of the uh, South American, so probably Spanish Mustang, Spanish Mustang would be the thing he was closest to. And then I, when I DNA tested Thor, my last Mustang, he was of the group that came from the North America, like from that were brought in through like Northern California and on down. So they're both. Maybe he was colonial Spanish. One was Spanish. I don't know, but they they both had Spanish. Uh, ancestry. Well, the colonial Spanish Mustang, I'll talk about those today, experts believe that they are descendant of mixed breeds, including Spanish, Barb, Arabian, and Andalusian, believe it or not. Uh, And unlike most domesticated horses, they have five lumbar vertebrae instead of the usual six. There are currently two herds of colonial Spanish Mustangs in America, and they're both on the outer banks of North Carolina. And they're basically ponies. The colonial Spanish Mustangs, we all heard about the ones that live out there in North Carolina. They're a hardy, hardy batch. Um, they're 12 to 13 hands tall. And nope, not Zeus. No, that's not Zeus. So he definitely was of a different, different group. Uh, yeah. And they're managed out there. They live through hurricanes. They're a tough group of ponies, let me tell you. So, yep, so that's where the that's the colonial Spanish Mustang. So I find it hard to believe that there's only six types of Mustangs in America. Yeah. Who knows? I you know, I think most of us think about Spanish Mustangs, you know, just general Spanish Mustangs, right? And that's what we think about. But there's I mean, you know, basically if you DNA test them, it goes to back to the foundation. And so to get, you know, horses that were from that have a lot like Thor had a lot of quarter horse in him. So he was a newer, you know, he was kind of more a mix of horses that had been released or gotten mm-hmm. loose to feral horses. And so he, that was more his, his breed. Zeus is a Venezuelan Cre- Criollo is what his. Oh, okay. So yeah, well that is. makes sense that again, a lot of inbreeding from horses that just got loose and formed packs, right? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. They form gangs <laughs> in, in, the, in the wild <laughs> like, west. 
he was part of the Spanish gang. Then <laughs> there was the Andalusian gang and the Arabian gang. And <laughs> I, I would do voices for those because I hear them in my head, but then I would probably get negative, really nasty. The Chiquiti gang. They were a different <laughs> gang altogether. They they formed their own gang and went out to an island. They wanted to deal with the other gangs. That's because they were so little. They're like, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting picked on. <laughs> All right. All right. This show has totally devolved into nothingness. Uh, can we please <laughs> hear about our sponsor? <laughs> yes, 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 we can. That's right. Millions of Americans do the same thing every January, and that's sign up for gym memberships and resolve to get fit. In a few weeks, many of them have already thrown in the towel. Luckily, it's much easier to pump up the performance of your horse. You see, in every cell in your horse relies on glucose to fuel its function and growth. Feeding your horse chromium helps optimize the use of glucose so your horse has more energy for body upkeep, health, and performance, ultimately resulting in improved overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Give your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Chemin. Ask for it by name, otherwise you might not get what you pay for. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at chemin.com slash chromium EQ. Well, Jamie, since we started Horse Radio Network, our number two listening audience has always been Canada. And we've always wanted to do a show that focused on Canadian equestrians, because there's quite a few of them. And I'm proud to say that we are now. Uh, the Canada Horse Podcast is a podcast that has started and is now five episodes in. And we have a host that you might recognize for another show here on the network. And that's Nikki Porter is with us. Hi, Nikki. Hello, thanks for having me again. And Nikki hosts Take the Reins, and I know a lot of you listen to that show and love it. So, and Nikki, we've been talking about this uh, podcast for months now, and you got it off the ground with a terrific co-host. Introduce your co-host. Oh my gosh, I got it off the ground with the best co-host. Although I know that you have a lot of really good co-hosts, Glenn, <laughs> so... You might, you might have something. I'm sorry, Jamie. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I did get very lucky. As soon as you suggested this, Glenn, I was like, I know the perfect person. The best part is that uh, she's not, she's new to the podcast world, but I knew that her passion for the topic, I knew that her personality would just work beautifully. So Nadine Smith is with us as well right now, and she is my co-host on Canon Horse Podcast. Welcome to Dean. Hi. Well, that was a lovely introduction, Nikki. I love hearing you talk about me like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs> the weird part is, Jamie said to me earlier in the show, she said, maybe I'll give my daily Winnie to the Canadians because they have to put up with this freaking cold all the time. She's actually colder than you guys right now. So um, I, I can't even imagine. I just. You know, it's you say you can't imagine, but I'm pretty sure you can. You live in Canada. <laughs> but we expect it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking at forums and stuff of people that, you know, they're not prepared. Their pipes aren't buried deep enough. They don't have um, winter gear and their horses don't have winter blankets. And then you're incurring all these costs. I just... We feel for you. Welcome to Texas right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, Texas and Oklahoma. I, I was fortunate enough to borrow water heaters, like submergible water heaters. I didn't even know that was a bang. And uh, <laughs> to keep horses' waters from freezing. You know what I did yesterday was I worked on pickaxing my pond so my horses could have water. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. So I was, I was thinking, Canadians, how do you do it? Like, how, how do you survive? <laughs> Every day like this. I mean, this is like a week and I'm, I'm ready to move to Florida. 
<laughs> JB, I kind of feel a little bad for you, but not like a hundred percent. But I did have somebody, somebody said to me today, she walked in the arena and she goes, oh, you must just be used to this. And I was like, no, I don't, I will never get used to this cold. It doesn't matter how long you live in it. We feel like you feel right now a lot of the time. And <laughs> do you agree? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I lived in Saskatchewan for a period of time. Oh. And that is another level of cold. You know, I haven't been up in the in the territories before, but you know, it wasn't uncommon to see minus 30, minus 40 Celsius. And that is a completely different, more unsafe temperature than what we see here, which is typically in the winter be like minus 15, minus 20 Celsius is pretty normal. So I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with minus 40. Oh, wow. That really, really just really makes it unlivable. Negative 20 (laughs) seems really, it's like, get your bikinis on ladies. We're going out. (laughs) I know. I just, yeah, I don't know. If you are you in, are you in danger? Do y'all need men to marry to move you south here? I mean, if you need help, you just they can't move south. They're not allowed out of the country right now. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Jamie offered me a man the last time I was on this podcast. (laughs) I feel like that's the way I can save you. Like that's my farrier. I'm like, do you need something? My brother's single. I will. I'm. I'll marry him off to a Canadian and me. You're all nice. Like I can't go wrong. So tell yeah, us about no, this. It's definitely, sorry, not, Glenn. Not to change it's the topic, but like... to change the topic. Well, Jamie will go on the whole time about this. So let's change the topic <laughs> a little bit. Talk about the Cannon Horse Podcast. What are you guys going to do? What's what's the plan? Go for it, Nadine. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm having a great time. As Nikki said, I'm pretty new to being on the podcast, but I've listened to a lot of them. And so we are really excited to be bringing on guests that are going to inform equestrians and help them decide for themselves, the why behind the things that they do for their horses. All while showcasing Canada at the same time. So we've got a, we've got a long list of visions here. (laughs) How how big is the equestrian community in Canada? Is there, are there a ton of horses? I, I would say it is, but I don't know if, if anybody who's speaking to us from like Southern, this Southern states, they'd probably think we're crazy for thinking that there's a lot, but uh, no, it's, it's pretty active. And I think that what happens is because, um, because we're maybe not as out there, uh, we kind of, it's not as known what is happening within Canada when it comes to the horse world. So that's really what we'd like to highlight. Um, is to highlight the amount of professionals, the the amazing opportunities that people have within Canada, and uh, and yeah, we're you know we're not Texas, but there's a lot of really great places to be able to be a, a cowboy or cowgirl or English rider here in Canada. Well, two reasons that people know about horses in Canada are Heartland and, I was gonna say that. and Calgary. <laughs> I mention those two. Yeah. <laughs> And, We're going to try to open up people's perspective a little bit. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think I said this last time, you must be friends with Amy because she's like, you know, <laughs> horses in Canada. I mean, everybody must know each other. <laughs> Nadine, you want to speak to that one? <laughs> So, so actually what I was going to add, and this is kind of on the same topic, is that we're such a huge country. We're so big and far apart that, we, you know, what goes on in BC and Alberta, sometimes they don't know what's happening out west or out east, sorry, and, and vice versa. So this is a way for us to connect not only our country to 
the U.S. and around the world, but also to each other. And we wish we knew Amy from Heartland. We're trying. We want to get her on. <laughs> My wife might have a connection. A yeah. Well, yeah, we had her on this one a while ago. You can go back and listen and uh, and 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 maybe talk to my producer and steal her contact information. Cause I would love to hear a bunch of Canadian women sitting there talking about horses. Woo! <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. She's definitely like on our goal list of having on the show. She would be our, our ultimate. Okay. Here's who, here's who we have to represent Canada right now. Cause you're so right. The first pe- first thing that people think about is Canada horses, heartland. Yeah, and I think I mean uh, it's natural. Most people in the yeah. United States have heard of Calgary too. I mean, the Calgary yes. Stampede. Most people have heard of that. It's still in my bucket list to come up and do that one of these days. We'll get up there. We'll um, meet you. There. Yeah, it just it's, it just looks like so much fun. So there. So this is going to be a general show, kind of like ours. You're not going to focus on any one discipline, anyone, you know, English Western. It's going to be a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's gonna. It's actually it's so exciting because. We had an interview recently with someone, and I, <laughs> Nadine, can I say like what the topic is because it actually comes out this week. Ooh, yeah. this sounds salacious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so not. We're such nerds. This is the best part. It's about insurance, but like, who ne- we all need to have these conversations about insurance. So um, it's it's actually it's one of my favorite uh, interviews to be honest. But I would never be able to do that on Take the Reins. So it's it's opening doors for us to be help be able to have really important conversations within the horse world with people that we would not have had conversations with otherwise. So we're really excited about it. Very good. Well, you can find Canada Horse Podcast on any podcast player. By the way, I'm happy to let you know that it's now showing up on searches on podcast (laughs) players, where last week it wasn't, but now it's showing up. I searched this morning and found it on Podcast Addict. So that means that they're picking it up from Apple, and most of your podcast players now should have it. It's also on the Horse Radio Network All Shows feed. The first two episodes are out on the All Shows feed, so if you get that for the Horse Radio Network, you're going to see the new show pop up there. Plus, it'll be on our app. It'll be on the Horse Radio Network app within the next week or two. Uh, They're getting that done now, and that takes a while to propagate, but you'll see it popping up there as well. Ladies, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited. Our Canadian listeners will be so excited. They finally have their own show. Thank you so much for having us. We're super excited about it, too. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, you guys. See you in Calgary when it warms up and there's no more COVID. We'll be up. When Canada lets us back. Yeah, exactly. Stay warm. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go for all our Canada listeners. And I know we have a lot of dedicated ones. And Rhonda, this show is specifically for you. We did it for you, Rhonda. I feel like, like, uh, where I want to hear how people survive. And, you know, with, with animals and that weather, especially on like a long-term basis, like winter is like nine months, you know, and, and here I am suffering for a week, but I think that Canadians like listening to us, cause it's like, take, take me away, Calgon. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell everybody what our temperature was yesterday. We won't mention that. No, no. No. I posted pictures of oranges yesterday, which are not edible. These are ones that we have at our house, unfortunately. are They're beautiful, but not edible. Um, and, but, and I got a lot of comments from people about my orange picture, as you can imagine. We want to do some first world problems. I got to imagine that you got a few and that they're all weather related today. That's what I have to imagine. But let's find there. out. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. 
That's right. It's time for Equestrian First World Problems. And that is the time when we actually let you guys tell us what your problems are. It's very sad. It's emotional. It's difficult. And, um, you know, we're here for you. The struggle is real. Um, so, Glenn, on, on Sunday nights or like 4.30 in the morning this morning, I posted, we're looking for your equestrian first world problems and we want to know what they are. And only the auditors get to do that and see that. So if they want to become an auditor, how do they do that? Just go to horseradionetwork.com and scroll down the right side of the page. You'll see the auditor banner right there. Click on that and all the instructions are there. That's right. And you mentioned Anna's first world problem already. She says, um, but she's up in Canada and she's taking a forced, oh no, sorry, Minnesota. Close enough. She's taking, (laughs) close enough, a forced vacation uh, because she said that nobody will come and take riding lessons because it's too cold. And she said, I'm still on vacation and I bought a new helmet and I can only wear it around the house. (laughs) freeze your head (laughs) i know alex says that the weather sucks so bad that like we have to ride in like the indoor arena (laughs) so my brother side note is dating a horse girl right no and yes he didn't learn his lesson being a sister or brother to you she's a show jumper so we're kind of different you know i mean uh and she's like classy and you're not is that what you're classy, saying you know? yeah pretty much <laughs> and i posted something and and she's i guess made a comment to my brother about gosh what was it but i was like oh whatever you're totally the kind of girl who like rides in an indoor <laughs> and she, my brother was like how did you know that she said <laughs> She said she did. I was like, because she's just an indoor kind of girl, (laughs) (laughs) which was like my way of insulting her. Um, (laughs) Chantel says, I bought a bunch of cute saddle pads, but I've only ridden a dozen times since New Year because of the snow and winter. By the way, her current count is 34. Oh my and she's one. She has you beat. beat. <laughs> That's oh a yeah, lot of saddle pre, pads. Pre me, like older me would have would have been swimming in her saddle. It would have been the greatest thing ever. Uh, uh, Ina says at the barn I work at, they switched out the shovel part on the bobcat and took the large one to plus no. So and now I have to muck stalls with the small one. I had to make four trips to dump the poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Uh, Diane says my horses, she moved to North Carolina and she's like, my horses are finally coming to join me, but the weather's been so iffy. It might get pushed back. I feel like she's been waiting on her horses for like two months. <laughs> Jillian says it took my saddle forever to get here, but it's been too icy to ride. So I've just been oiling it and it hasn't even been on a horse yet. <laughs> you know, she's been sitting in, it in the house though. You know that, right? Um, yeah, I, I would put it on this, you know, the edge of the couch and sit on it. That's what I did as a kid. That's how you break them in, right? Um, let's see. Everybody's complaining about. Oh, this is really sad. You know, Carrie is just weather related, but she's like, with all the cold weather, I like to work on obstacles and like desensitization stuff. But my pony is like an ex police horse, and he's perfect with every obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh God, uh, Chelsea's perfect. <laughs> he's sober, like whatever. That little horse Parker I got, I haven't been able to really mess with him yet. But like everything I do, he doesn't care. So I'm like, what am I going to teach you? You don't care about anything. 
Um, let's see. Chelsea says, I just got a new Charles Owen helmet for Christmas. Yay. But now they've released new look helmets and they're like super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the new Charles Owen helmets. I was like, look at those. Yeah. Yeah. I love Charles Owen. I need to get myself a new Charles Owen vest. I had a lot of people asking me what kind of vest I ride in, like the flak jacket or cross country vest. I ride in a Charles Owen because it's the only one I felt really hugged my uh, collarbone. Is your air vest Charles Owen too? No, I, my air vest is a point two. Point two. I'm not, I'm all old school with my air vest. I have like the first one. So you don't have the one that's built in that's both together. You, you put one no, the yeah, no, okay. because um, to be completely honest, I feel like those air vests are just going to cause more problems when they're you're at the like lower levels, but novice training like training and up definitely i would have my air vest on but if i fall off and beginner novice it's not going to be because of a rotational fall it's going to be because i'm an idiot and then the air vest thing is going to pop and my horse is going to head to texas most of the time in those lower levels the horse just stops and the rider just slowly falls off the front rolls off the front of the neck (laughs) glenn if i'm going off i'm going i'm going off hard (laughs) it's gonna count um, Terry, and this is a problem, Terry, I get it. I hate this. She said, I can only ride sporadically at this time of the year. So my legs are sore after every ride, reminding me <laughs> that I'm not riding enough. I hate that. <laughs> yes. I hate them. Like, oh my God, I have really haven't been working hard enough. Um, let's see. Mm, let's see. Oh, somebody's hose froze. It's snowing. Um, Let's see. Margaret says, I work in a ski area and we're like inundated with people since we got all the snow and it's like our busiest time of the year and I have to like work all the time. So I haven't had time at all to like ride my new pony Jacques. Jacques. <laughs> I hope it's Jacques because that is a fantastic name. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Nana, this is she's in California. I think so. She said, I ended the horse trials on my dressage score and it was like the best one I've had in years. But somehow all the other amateurs in training level killed it this weekend. So like our 33.6 was only good for 10th place. That sucks. You get That's pretty good. <laughs> in training and you get 10th. And she said, by the way, yeah, she knows she totally humble bragged. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that's pretty good score. That's wow. a great score for 10th place. You get a ribbon for that. You know what? You finished with a no, with a number and not a letter. So there's something to be said. Um, Charlotte says it's been raining in Ocala a lot and the barn where my horse has has a covered arena but like my mounting ramp she's a para rider my mounting ramp is outside and my horse doesn't like the sound of the rain coming down the water spout so I can't <laughs> ride <laughs> Charlotte they need to cover that ramp for you what's what's going on over there I mean seriously Let's see here. I, I'm I don't have it as organized as I usually do because I usually have time before the show to like do things. But I started the show late because I was in negative twenty six <laughs> degree wind chill trying to feed the horses. <clears throat> Let's see. Kristen says, "Did they look at you this morning and say what the are am I? Are we doing here?" <clears throat> They they were stuck in the stalls, and I'm pretty sure that if I videoed them, I'm going to open the doors later to turn them out. And they're going to run out and turn around and run back in. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Um, Kristen says, and I'll finish with this because she says, everyone else's emergency winter weather 
is our normal winter weather, and nobody cares about my problems. Where's she at? <laughs> Kristen Bailey, Kristen Kovach. She's uh, like in the Dakotas She's up in or... northern uh, Pennsylvania, like near the border where they get snow all the time near, Lake near the lakes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bloods are hard. I don't know. I, I don't want any part we of that. We care, so. Kristen. We care. I see your pictures all the time of you out there bundled up with snow up to your knees. I see it. And she time. rides every day. I, I was walking around and the I have my, my haymakers. I love my boots. My feet stay perfectly warm in them. But the snow is up almost to the top of them, almost to my knees because they're like windy snow drifts. And I just thought, Kristen, rides in this all the time <laughs> i can't i can't even imagine i mean my horses would laugh at me if i went to tack them up oh <laughs> like, i bet you though with your with your uh injured wing you've been using that excuse not to do any shoveling poor chad has to be out there doing all the shoveling because you're going i can't do it i'm just not on my i list. told him i was like you know we got to figure out a way to to clean the stalls today because i can't leave them in again at night with the thing and he started laughing he was like that's hilarious and i was like <laughs> why is that funny we need to do it he goes have you have you seen the stalls like everything is frozen in the stalls like all the poop is frozen the pee is frozen oh, everything is too. frozen and i was just like uh Maybe we just put some bedding on top of it. <laughs> That's what we did when it, we did that in Pennsylvania. And then, and it was Are about you serious? A, oh, yeah. And then it, when it, you finally get your first thaw, you have to strip it. And it's 85 trips to the manure pile, not four. It's okay. So I'm not crazy. the only one who oh, would no. just be put bedding on top we of it. We used to take sometimes, if it got so bad when the snow, when we had a blizzard, you couldn't get out to get to your manure pile because you couldn't find your manure pile. So yeah, we we would just that. take this dirty stuff and pile it in the corner. You would just throw it, keep piling it in the corner. And then when you had to clean the stalls, you had to take all of that out of the corner. Oh, it was a mess. It was a disaster. Um, why oh, do we have horses in the Oh, believe me, as a horse husband during those times, I was asking that question. Well, you know, I, do, I was talking about earlier how we were jack like like ice picking the pond that was before I borrowed on the little heated submergible waterers. And Chad is like, Oh, he's picking the pond and he's just like getting so angry. <laughs> he's so mad. He's like, I'm like, why are you so mad? He's like, why do we do this? <laughs> I feel him now. I've been there. (laughs) There was the year we had the blizzard while we're talking about winter storms. I want to make everybody feel better that we're in 80 degrees. We did live through this at one time. So we're in central Pennsylvania. We had a big blizzard. It was one of the big ones. And nine-foot drifts, and all the roads are closed for a week. We didn't get out of our driveway for a week. And the roof came off. It was this tin roof on the barn in the big tin sheets. And the winds were so strong, it took the roof off in big sheets, which were embedded in the snowbanks all through the pastures. So we couldn't turn the horses out because there were tin roof sheets. We couldn't even see them. The snow was so deep. So they were in for uh, weeks. And it was all, that was the worst time we've ever had. (laughs) It was all, we had the Percherons then too. And think about the mess they make in stalls and they're stuck in. Oh, it was awful. I, 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 I'm stressed out hearing that story. And then, the, the, you know, everybody knows about ice buckets. So you take your buckets out and you dump them and they're big ice cubes because every yes. night they freeze. Yes. Well, we made a pyramid about, chickens watered and yeah, we made sucks. a pyramid of ice buckets about 30 feet high just for fun. Uh, and that didn't melt till like middle of summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
So yeah, that's, that's why we live in Florida. <laughs> There's a reason people live here. <laughs> Not you get for the old, summers. You moved to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the summers. But then there was a reason people lived in Texas, and they're wondering about that now too. I'm just noticing that a bunch of the Texas people are without power right now. That are our listeners, so they are not listening today. They're going to be listening tomorrow. We're thinking yeah. about you guys. Any more? Was that the last one? That was it. Yeah, all right, enough. good. Everybody's, uh, you know, the rest of the ones I couldn't get to. You guys, we feel sorry for you. It's terrible. Well, it's Monday. That means it's time for Horse Nation to stop by with some cleverly written horse stories or just some silly nonsense. Hello, Deanne from HorseNation.com. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Where in the world are you again? You're in Tennessee, right? Oh, no, I'm in Pittsburgh. I think Leslie is. Leslie was in Tennessee. That's right. Pittsburgh. Okay, well. They don't have bad weather there, Pennsylvania. No, February sucks everywhere. How (laughs) much does it suck now for you? So we're supposed to be getting about seven inches of snow from like now to tomorrow. But, you know, it's funny because I keep getting these messages from people who are like, oh, my God, like, are you okay? And like, Glenn, even you were like, oh, do you have power? And I'm like, well, what is everyone talking about? Like, we're fine. It's Pittsburgh. We have snow. That happens. (laughs) And, you know, like it's so I feel like we're actually having this much more typical winter for Pittsburgh than we've had in a couple of years, really. Well, Lucky you. you. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still cold and miserable as you go out to feed the horses and like (laughs) check on the chickens' water. (laughs) Man, that's the one thing I can't keep up with is the dang chicken water. (laughs) So, (laughs) has has anybody told you this this life hack, Deanne? Okay, so what you do is you take a simple water bottle. Have you heard this? Stop me if you've heard this. Or well, is this get, get a few more words in and then I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Cause this is, this might just be Oklahoma. And so you take a water bottle and you fit, you put about like a cup of salt in it. So maybe like a third of the bottle you put salt in. I have heard this. And then you put Dawn dish soap, Ooh. like a, like an inch of Dawn dish soap and then fill the rest of the water, shake it up and put it in your chicken's water or your dog's water. And it doesn't freeze. Have you tried this? And you get I, clean eggs. <laughs> yeah, right. so I, I have not tried this because I'm convinced that's for people who don't have actual like real freezing temperatures <laughs> who like occasionally get down into the 30s. So we just have a lot of heated things. So let me let me tell you, uh, I heard this and I was like, that science doesn't make sense. Like it's inside a plastic bottle. It's not in the salt. And um, I am going to say that I concur with what you just said is that when it was like 30, it would keep, I, so I tried it um, because I'm a, you know, I'm a scientist, obviously. Also, it's uh, great fodder for horses in the morning. <laughs> exactly. So I put, I put it in the water bottle and then I got a ginormous water, bo- water bottle for the horse trough to see if like I could keep it thawed that way. So the chicken water, once it dropped down to like 15, nah, <laughs> that, I was like, the chickens were like, why do you have this thing but, filling up uh, the space for our water? Do and the then chickens the- blow uh, like soap bubbles? No, it's inside the bottle. You're drinking the dawn. Oh, they're not drinking the dawn? See, that's where my clean egg joke came out. Uh, yeah, because we know, I thought they we were know. drinking the dawn. 
We thought it was lame. So I we didn't just think that was good it. for the chickens. It was yeah, taking yeah, the dog. We, we ignored that joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. De- Deanna and I have a thing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just we just ignore you most of the time. Uh, yeah, so the science doesn't add up. And um, yeah, it was unsuccessful. It did not work. I think I because I remember when I first saw various iterations of this hack that a lot of people said that the reason they thought it worked had a lot less to do with the salt slash dawn slash whatever. And it had more to do with like the bottle bumping around in the water container, like keeping the ice off the top. So basically allowing some movement, right? Which I think that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's also why I insist it only works at barely freezing, not actually freezing. Uh, I'll just tell you, it doesn't work. Oh, fair. So yeah, Sorry. so we have we have devices we plug in, and those work quite well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's really easy to find when you live in Pittsburgh, but it's not when a giant storm is coming and you live in Oklahoma or Texas. People freak out. There was a shipment of heated waterers, like uh, bu- buckets, submergible bucket heaters or whatever, that was coming to the local feed store. And so we had called, they were like, the shipment gets in at six o'clock. And so I call at six o'clock and are like five 50. I'm like, did the shipment come? They were like, yeah, but we have a line that's waiting <laughs> and there's more people in line than are going to have the actual bottles that we're going to have. It was like people buying toilet paper last year. Or yes. Well, can you imagine you can't find any bread or milk right now in Texas? I guarantee you those shelves are empty. <laughs> well, and you know, what's funny is again, Pittsburgh, it's not like this is new to us people still go and like buy all the bread and milk. And it's like, y'all, like we have snow plows. Like we're only ever, (laughs) we're only ever like stuck inside for a couple hours at a time because the snow plows club and clear the roads. Like this isn't new. You know how to handle it. There's like, Oh my God, I might be inside for three hours. I need bread. Right. Well, and (laughs) so like, right. I'm, I'm originally from Southern California. I think I told you guys that. And when I was pregnant with my first child here, I like I've lived in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania since I was like 18 and Pittsburgh since I was 24. And I would talk to like my friends back home and some of my dad's friends, you know, here I am like very pregnant would be like, so your baby's due in February. I'm like, yeah, they're like, what are you going to do if it snows? I'm like, drive to the hospital <laughs> and they're like well how are you going to get there and i'm like in a car like i'm not getting on a snowmobile hospitals are still open oh my <laughs> like God. like most of the time babies don't come like in 20 minutes right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have a little warning you could probably get there <laughs> My gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, they things that we, we're you're a little more prepared up there. Um, let's move on to one of the stories on Horse Nation. I'm tired of talking about weather. I'm gonna have to go out and deal with it in a minute. Um, but this is an amazing story that you guys posted, and it's a, a stolen horse international story. And the horse came home. Tell us this story. Yeah. So this is amazing. So it wasn't. I don't believe the horse was officially stolen. Like, I think there was a misunderstanding and it got sold, right? Um, But either way, the girl lost track of it. And after going through, you know, life and all of its trials and tribulations, she was in a position to look for it again. And it's amazing. She had made some, like, social media posts and hadn't had a lot of success and then finally contacted Stolen Horse International, which a lot of us who are on social media know better as Net Posse. And they put out like their net posse alert, like kind of like their, you know, missing horse Amber alert. 
Um, and within two days of that report being filed, she was contacted by the person who had gotten Dixie, not through nefarious means, like just through, you know, purchasing horses. Um, and turns out it was the same horse. The current owner let the girl buy her horse back. Um, and she was reunited after eight years of not having this horse, which is just like really amazing. And I think, I think, you know, as, as horse lovers, we of course are all like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're reunited with the horse you love. But I also think it's like, for as much as we complain about the evils of social media and there are plenty also is sort of a testament for what it can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's, and if you look at the pictures, they're just, um, they tear at my heart a bit and, you know, the, yeah. horse, the, uh, the horse's owner, Kayla, she had said, you know, by the time I got her back, she clearly had been through the horse had been through quite a bit and you can see it in the pictures. Her body condition is pretty poor. Yeah. But, what was that all about? Because she said something you said in the article that she was horrified at her condition. Was that just age or was she not taken care of very well? Um, probably a combination of both. They don't totally, in all of the information I found, they weren't really clear on it. I don't think they wanted to, I don't think they wanted to disparage any of the owners that the horse had been through up to Kayla being reunited with her, right? Because again, it wasn't just your typical, like someone stole this horse and then stuck it in a field and ignored it. Like it was, the horse was handed through owner's in legal means in the way that people buy horses. So I think they were pretty vague on that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but yeah, she, I mean, you look the pictures are, are saturated a bit, but you can certainly see the horse's lack of top line and its hip bones. But I mean, the upside is Dixie's home and she's being well taken care of and they're, you know, working. That's- to bring back. It's so cute. I mean, just the, the, she's like, you know, when she said, I called her name a couple of times, rubbed her forehead, and then all of a sudden her ears perked up and she took a step forward. And then she wrote, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, you remembered her. Like, that's so great. It's because I've read and seen Black Beauty too often when all of a sudden he's like, it's John Manley, you know, like I remember all my old friends. Like, it was kind of <laughs> like that. I, and they say that horses always remember their herd mates for life. And if that's true, then it would make sense that they remember their humans, you know, probably not in the same way that we like to um, project onto them. But right, if they are capable of recognizing their herd mates throughout their lives, then clearly they are capable of recognizing the other important figures in their lives and however their horsey brains work. (laughs) And I think, too, they remember treats because I sold a horse and I told them I'd had him 10 years, my event horse Demir, and he's currently in my pasture because I sold him. And I said, if he's ever too old and you guys don't want to take care of him anymore, he took care of me for a long time. I'll take him back. And about a year, almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, they said, okay, well, we want to bring him back. I was like, oh, okay. So they bring him back to me. He's really old. He's pretty skinny and he's pretty crippled. So he just kind of hangs out in the field. Yeah. But I brought him in and I was like, Hey buddy. And I used to do this trick where I had to hold a carrot. And if I like turned to the left, like turn my head to the left, he would turn his head to the left. And when I've turned to the right, he would turn to the right, like flip over. And I was like, this is going to be the true test. Oh my God. I picked up that carrot. I turned to the left and he looked at me and it was like a, 
light bulb went on. He Aww. turned his head to the left and then turned his head to the right. And I was like, oh my God, he remembers. <laughs> it was really sweet. So yeah, I think they do remember, but it takes some sort of light bulb almost to go off. Horses, you know, they don't forget you hitting them in the, you know, somebody abusing them. Why would they forget somebody being nice to them? You know? Right, right, exactly. And they say that horses always um, revert to like their base training level, right? So if it was something that you had had that ingrained in him, of course, he's like, oh, I, I know this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Deanna, it's been awesome. I hope you guys uh, survived the seven inches of weather that's coming help you make it go to the store and get all the things you need there's a couple more really awesome articles on horse nation they're getting posted all the time uh i like the baby i love your style and then you know you've got a a little bit of a tearjerker on there so go to horsenation.com check out all of the articles and deanne as always it's awesome to have you on thank you for joining us yeah sure thing you guys have a great week Well, thanks to Deanne for joining us. As always, she's here every Monday at the same time. We, I'll tell you who else is here at the same time, and that's once a month, and that is the Certified Horsemanship Association with Christy. And then, uh, Jamie, you're going to have a special guest host. I'm off on Wednesday. Your Jacqueline Burke, our auditor and eventer who's down here in Ocala, is going to be joining you as guest host. So that you guys will have fun. She's looking forward to hanging out with you. Is this your gift to your wife for a Valentine's Day? Yes. Weren't you going to like I'm get out of town? I'm leaving for a couple of days. That's correct. So yeah, that was my gift for my wife. And then Thursday is fox hunting. And then Friday, we'll have some really bad ads and hopefully some new prizes to announce by Friday as well. But that's it for today. Jamie has to go thaw out the rest of the farm. The chickens need watered again. Uh, and then the yeah. horses are just going, why are we in the barn for all this time? <sighs> this sucks. <laughs> This just sucks. So thank you, everybody. Have a great one. Spay, neuter, geld.